Hello, hello, and welcome to Borborygmy, Noises from the Veterinary World, the podcast that lets you overhear conversations between veterinary professionals about anything and everything that's topical in the industry. The triumphs and the tribulations, they're all in here. I'm Naomi Meller, vet and podcaster, and we are into season two. So 2020 has been quite the year, which for a lot of us has featured more tribulations than triumphs, if we're honest. So in the spirit of recognising that the pandemic has upended a lot of people's finances, we thought we'd bring you a new series of conversations around money. We're being supported for this season by VetU, a veterinary-led community encouraging you to face up to your finances, to get the help and advice you need and start paving the way to a brilliant financial future, whether that's starting your own business or planning for your retirement. Everyone involved in VetU has had highs and lows in their own financial journeys. So this season is all about telling you the stories of our community to help you make the most of your finances. Most important of all, we want to hear from you over the next few weeks. Send us an email at hello at vetu.co.uk. Drop me a DM at Naomi the Vet or write us a review on Apple Podcasts with your thoughts and feedback and we'll be featuring a few of them each week. We really want to know what you think about money, about pay in the profession, about whether you even give your financial future a second thought or anything else you fancy. After our first episode with Katrin Yarn and Mike Kitchen, Paul messaged us to say, great episode and cuts to the reality. It's never instant success, but by investing in and building a company in a sector you really understand, it gives you a much better chance of success. Not getting big too quickly, because cash flow and debt can squash many great companies that grow too fast. What an awesome journey and story. That's so true. And I really loved that episode. We've definitely had a lot of great feedback about Catherine and Mike's uh, tales, and we loved chatting to them. Um, there's loads of you on entrepreneurial journeys out there. Loads of vets utilizing their talents and building businesses across heaps of different sectors. So if you're on that road, good luck to you. We are thinking of you and we have definitely got your back. One thing I've really noticed since doing these podcasts is how amazing it is that when you start being honest and open about things, you find other people have been through the same things as you. I was quite ashamed for a while that my working life was affected by having some really nasty varicose veins in one of my legs and was really blown away when I started to chatting to Katie Ford, who is a small animal vet and digital entrepreneur that loads of you will know about and found out that she'd had the same thing, in fact, much more severely than me. Katie and I have both got a family history of this, and we've both had surgery in the last 12 months, utilising the private system. There's undoubtedly a moral and ethical debate around whether you think private healthcare is a good thing or not, and that's probably a debate for another day on another podcast. The reality is that varicose veins are not readily treated on the NHS as unless they're super severe, they're considered a cosmetic issue despite being really painful (laughs) and when you've got an active job like we do, quite debilitating. So here's a conversation between me and Katie about feelings of invincibility in the veterinary profession, why you never think you need health insurance until you actually might and about our old lady legs. Because I just think loads of vets in practice think it's too expensive haven't got it don't really see the need for it essentially I was all of the above that you've just listed for a very long time until the boss that I had at the time started talking to me and saying oh you know what private healthcare is really really useful 
And again, I bashed it away for quite a while thinking it would be really expensive or, you know what, we've got the NHS and the NHS is brilliant. We know that. But I very much just thought that's there. I'll be fine. And then I started watching her use it more and more. And I'd see that she'd maybe have something wrong with her back and suddenly she'd go through the process. But very quickly, she would have had an MRI scan and had her back checked or she would have had something with her ankle or a knee and then go through the same. And she'd have that peace of mind. And that started to be quite tempting to me. When I looked into it, I was really surprised that there was a price that was less than I was paying for my my dog's insurance at the time. And it was wow. Yeah. It was a bit of a no-brainer at that point because I thought, you know what? I've had that barrier in place on the cost for so long that I didn't even investigate it. I created this cost in my mind of how much it would be. And eventually it was only through just seeing what a difference it made to somebody else that I thought, you know what, bite the bullet. You can always say no. At least you'll have a price. And I just went with it. But don't you think also like in your 20s, like I always just thought, I don't I don't need that because I'm really healthy. And and actually, you know, I am a very accident prone person. Like any of my friends will or family will tell you that when I was a kid, I was constantly in and out of hospital. I had a hospital stay every year I was at university, you know, like not through anything particularly serious, but just problems, accidents, incidents illnesses at one point but I still even after having had lots of hospital care in the NHS and I do feel like I've had my money's worth out of the NHS I'm not gonna lie I just never saw the need for private health I guess um I never had private health care all through my 20s at all and um the only reason I've got it now actually if I'm truly honest is because my employer provides it for me. I think you're absolutely spot on Naomi in the fact that we have this invincibility complex almost and we think that actually we're going to need it if it's an illness that comes on but we also have to bear in mind that you can fall over the pavement and twist your ankle or especially I imagine with you worked in equine as well that that's no safe hobby, as it were, especially when we look at anywhere in practice, we can suddenly be, uh, we can fall ill very quickly, or even just out doing the things that we love doing. And whilst, like you say, I've not used a huge, huge amount, the times I have, I've had so many benefits to it, that if someone was to say to me, look, should you have taken this sooner? I'd say, you know what, if I'd known about it when I was like in fourth or fifth year or just graduating, then yeah, I would have snapped them up on it. Hmm. I think the other thing to remember as well is that, and, and what they don't really tell you is that policies are cheaper when you're younger because you're less of a risk. So if you are a healthy 25 year old when you've graduated, it's probably not actually going to cost you that much. And I don't think I ever really grasped that. I just saw it as like an expense that I didn't really need. I think my mindset has changed around that, changed around on that a bit as I've got older. As you say, I was one of the luckier ones that discovered it at maybe 26, 25-ish, which meant that the premiums were so low. But at the same time, yet we see these things in such different proportions. So we look at, oh, I want to go on a holiday. But at the same time, on that holiday, what if something happens? And then that puts us out of work. So it, it has been a godsend in so many different ways, but I think you you are right. I was very similar right at the beginning where, you know what, private healthcare can wait. That'll be something that I'll do when, I don't know, I'll go to Saga when I get to over 50 and then I'll, I'll start thinking about private healthcare at that point. And I'm glad that my eyes were opened a little bit sooner to that as well. You know, you and I are very open to talking about the fact that we've both had varicose vein surgery, um, 
in the last few years. I was almost a bit embarrassed to talk about it to begin with because I was like, this is an old lady problem. And actually, it's really debilitating and really freaking painful. I'm completely with you on that. And to be honest, I joke about this with a lot of people. I'm like, oh, my old lady veins. And we know there's so many factors to them. I mean, they're in my family as well as all our prolonged standing as well. But my first problems were maybe two or three years ago when I just started having very achy, painful legs at the end of the day. I could start to see the threads of varicose veins coming through. I had in my periphery what they were going to be because I'd seen my nan have problems and so on. I didn't quite feel ready for them at that point, given the fact that my nan was 80 and I was in my 20s. But, you know, um, I went with it. I ended up going and seeing one of the consultants through my private healthcare, And it was a really straightforward process, actually. I thought that it was going to be a real pain, but it wasn't. And I had an ultrasound scan and I had a consultation and another consultation. And at that point, they were talking about surgery, but they said also we can try and do some more conservative management techniques, more of using compression tights and socks and similar. And because I'm a little bit of a wimp, to be completely honest, with anything surgical, I said, you know what, anything that sounds like it doesn't involve surgery to start with, let's try it for a little while and see how we get on. I remember getting the bill through for that and my ultrasound scan on my legs was, I'm sure it was like 900 or a thousand pounds, which, wow. yeah, it gave them a lot of information. And I think even though we talk about our clients in the vet profession, sometimes not having an awareness of how much healthcare costs because of the NHS, I honestly didn't have that much of an awareness of how much healthcare cost either. There was a consultation fee on top of that too, but I paid my excess, went with their advice, which tidied me over for a little while and probably a good 18 months and I found that my time in practice went on and my legs were just getting more and more painful I'd get to the end of the day and my legs would be so swollen and so uncomfortable and I just wasn't ready for that being the rest of my life really because I know that as a vet there was going to be those longer shifts I could keep moving I had my compression tights on like an old lady but you know they helped (laughs) and then I ended up just biting the bullet and going and having a repeat consultation. When I'd spoken with the NHS, they said the waiting times could be anywhere sort of 18 months to two years because I wasn't really a priority because, yeah, they were uncomfortable, but I could cope. It wasn't to the point where I was at a huge risk of like a DVT or anything like that. I was one of those that would go on the list and just have to wait for their time to come up. But at the same time, on paper, I was one of those that couldn't cope with it. In reality, they were really painful and I really wanted a solution sooner. And that's why I was glad that I'd got that healthcare insurance in the background because I think I went and had a repeat consultation and maybe the November time. And whilst they said they'd got slots in December, I put it off till the January just so I wasn't laid up around Christmas. And that difference made a huge difference to me. How about you? I would be a little bit same, a little bit different because... Um... I had only had a problem in one leg, which came from um, an incident when my first job, I lived overseas in the South Pacific and I had an infected uh, bite in my leg, which ended up with a large abscess on the medial aspect of my right calf muscle. And so I'd noticed there's quite a deep scar in the middle of the muscle there. And I'd noticed over the last probably few years, really, that there'd been this kind of knot of veins appearing around it and that then there was this one particular vein that was starting to come up and was really um, big. And like you, I was just getting a lot of soreness. Um, You know, I'm 
an equine vet so I'm probably doing a lot of driving and I don't think that compression on the back of your knee really does you any favors with that kind of thing either and um I just eventually booked an appointment same thing like I remember I went for five minutes for the first consult and had an ultrasound very quick ultrasound as well like he scanned down my leg scanned my left leg said yeah that's fine scanned my right leg said yeah your cephalic veins massive no saphenous vein sorry gosh terrible anatomy and um, <laughs> and actually I think it's so interesting that we think we are aware of the costs of healthcare because of being vets and justifying to our clients how much we charge and yet actually you know knowing how much human healthcare costs when you go into the private system does make you realize what a fortunate position we are in with the NHS and yeah I decided not to go down a conservative route I decided to leap straight in for for surgery and um so I'd laser um surgery it's all done under local anesthetic and I have to say they said to me I'd be a quick procedure and you'll be in and out it's really easy blah 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 so I was like fine okay I was in London went to the office in the morning and I said oh I was supposed to be going to the races that night unfortunately I swapped out of the shift and said oh I just I'm having this like minor procedure in the morning but I just think it might be a bit much for me to go and do a race meeting in the evening but I came out afterwards and um I walked off down the street and obviously while the local was on board, I was like, this is amazing. And about three hours later, I was like, fucking hell, this is so painful. (laughs) And I was just, I couldn't, I had, I was like nearly in tears walking down the street. It was so painful. And actually it was quite sore afterwards, but did get better quite quickly. And, you know, I was back at work the following day. It was kind of fine just lots of compression you know compression bands just for two weeks and and off we went but I have to say never looked back so I apparently in the same way that vets pets and vet nurses pets are always weird I feel like I just followed suit and was very strange too so because I had both legs affected and I had a number of accessory veins and I looked like someone had built a whole new motorway system at one point down the back of my legs. When they did the scan, he said it was quite unusual where all these branches were coming off and they needed me to go under general anaesthetic for it, which somebody that's quite squeamish and knows a little bit too much. I think in a way, when we know fully what's going to happen, we almost know the risks too much. I was quite anxious about this happening, but to be fair, they were brilliant and I was very constructive and just thought, you know what, this needs doing now before it becomes more of a problem further down the line. So I had some that were stripped out, which is just what it sounds like, dissected out. I had others where they thread a wire up and ablate them with heat. I'll be really thankful, to be fair, to the practice that I was at at the time due to go back to two weeks later because me being a vet, I'm sure the same as you. Someone says, oh, two weeks recovery. You're like, right, I'll be out the gate at two weeks. And at two weeks, I still looked battered and bruised. And I was really struggling going up and down the stairs and similar. And the practice that I was working at at the time were brilliant. They just said, look, you're more important. We'll cover the shifts. Don't worry, you just recover. Because I was so worried that a dog would come and jump up at my leg. Maybe I am the exception to the rule. I don't want to terrify anybody about having varicose veins done by by my experiences of it. But private healthcare really made that go a lot more smoothly and a lot quicker and meant that I could be up and about on my feet so much faster too. 
so much for listening. It really does mean a lot to us that you do. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it wherever you can and do tell a friend. We would love more of you to join our little community celebrating the veterinary profession and those working within it. Bobberigmi is brought to you by me, Naomi Meller, as part of Vet Stay Go Diversify. Thanks to everyone involved this season. Your support is much appreciated.